Hi, I'm John Kennedy and welcome back to the Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today I talked to Dahi D. Butler, co-founder of Borough, a business network of Irish speakers from all levels and sectors of the Irish business world, locally and globally. He talks to me about a filter of business in the 21st century could prove pivotal in preserving and growing Ireland's national language and identity. Today I'm with Dahi D. Butler, founder of the Borough, the gathering of business people who like to convert, you know, talk in Irish. So, Dahi, tell me about how the idea came about and what's the best way to describe it, this organisation? Yeah, so I suppose Borough is a community for, for I suppose, Irish-speaking business leaders and innovators. Um, and I suppose what's, what's really interesting over the last kind of 15, 20, 25 years is there's been an explosion in, um, I suppose, Irish medium education and Gaelskullen. And, and so what we have is we've all these people um, who've gone to schools in, in communities throughout Ireland who've got really, really good educations and who've gone on and, and are now working in, in really high-powered positions in, in companies all across Dublin. And I think a lot of them would share a, a, a similar trait, that is that they were were or they are or were fluent in the Irish language. It's a language which is is very important to them. It's a language which has a, a very positive affinity for them. And, and they are looking, I suppose, for contemporary contexts in which they can use that language. And I suppose what we're doing with Borough is we're we are bringing these people together and we're showing them that by using the, the language as a connection point and um, that that can open up massive business opportunities for them and both their personal development, their professional development, but also commercial opportunities uh, that exist between between companies, you know? And, and like the, I mean, we can go, we, you and I could speak all night and day about my theories on why Irish language couldn't be better in Ireland or, or more spoken. I, I always believe it goes back to really, why in schools we probably weren't start our education really shouldn't have, should in my opinion should have started by speaking first and all that but that's my personal conviction but the, among among the people who speak the Irish language in in the business world is there a way that they know it like so often we we wander around and you know someone could have a passion for Irish and we're all speaking in English but how do how do you how do you think we can kind of foster that do we need, do do we need to do something more to kind of get that kind of out there. Yeah, and I suppose that that's ultimately why we started Borough. So I suppose my, my day job, I'm working in a, in a fast-growing tech startup called Park Office. And, and I, I suppose I've been lucky over the last maybe 10 years um, working in Park Office and previously working in, in kind of advertising and other entrepreneurship stuff. And by and large, a lot of my roles have been relatively externally facing. And, and quite often I'd be talking to, to clients or prospective clients or people at, at events um, both here and, and London and New York and, and all over the world. And, and I suppose people would have maybe seen my name and, and shown an interest in, in the language. And, and a lot of the time, you know, within 30 seconds or a minute, you, you'll find yourself having a, a full-blown conversation in Irish with, with someone who's maybe a senior director in a Fortune 500 company, but mm. just happens to have gone to a Gael school or just happens to, just, just happens to come from the Gael or, or an Irish-speaking family or, or maybe had a positive experience of the language in a, in, a, in a summer college. I suppose the teams that were coming up again and again and again were there's so many people out there who... who are or were fluent in the language who'd, who'd love to be able to to speak the language more often but it was very hard for as you kind of touched on there it's very hard for these people to identify each other so mm. for example if if you went to a Gael Cláiste like Cláiste Owen in, in South Dublin 
and you might know the people who are in your year. You might know the people who are a year or two ahead of you, but like you're not really going to know the people who are ten years ahead of you, and you're mm. definitely not going to know the people who went to school who went to school in Dingle. So I suppose what we're kind of doing, and, and it's very funny, like when when we organise uh, events, like you know, quite often we might have people coming from the same companies, and in often cases the same teams, and you know they'll be like, oh my God, Jesus, I never realised that you could speak Irish, you know, and, and that's great, and you know, even within within big companies, a lot of people are coming and, and they're thrilled themselves then to realize that that there's there's other people, I suppose, like them in their businesses. And and the kind of stuff we're getting back is is it just makes it easier for them to to build rapports across their own businesses and to build relationships with people within their own business and and in all other sorts of facets um, and all other sorts of industries. So that's a really I think it's a really exciting time. For us, so we kind of launched last March, uh, right right before the lockdown. We over a hundred people, senior leaders from Google, Indeed, Facebook, there at the launch, you know. And and since we've continued on doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of digital events during the lockdown, and it's really exciting. We've had over a hundred people at every our uh, tickets gone for every event, and a really really diverse group of people. And I think it's a really exciting time to be to be an Irish speaker in general in Ireland at the moment. I think we're seeing the fruits of, of, I suppose, ultimately there's 5,000 people uh, coming out of the education system every year with a fluency in the language. And, and those people, mm. I suppose, are, have a very different attitude and approach to maybe the one that was there 20, 30, 40 years ago. These are people yeah. who it's a natural everyday part of their life. Like for me, like Irish is, is the language I would, I would, like I'd say over the weekend, I, I didn't speak English at all to anybody, you know? Oh. Um, and, and I live in Dublin and then, that like I play sport to Irish. I'm uh, like my my personal relationships to Irish. I live in an apartment with people who are all fluent to Irish, and and I suppose we are all people who who would have come and had a modern experience of, of Irish. And I think that that's something that's growing and, and that's something that we're increasingly mm. going to see um, as part of, of, of business culture in Ireland moving forward. And I, I think that that's really exciting because not only does it open up uh, connections here and, and ultimately business is about communication and, and connection and language is about business, is about communication and connection. But the really, really exciting thing and, and what's great for us is is the massive interest, I suppose, that we're getting at the moment from the Irish-American Irish diaspora. So there's 2 million people in, in America who started learning Irish on Duolingo. It's, it's fascinating oh. when you take... So like we had, an event re, we had an event recently, and at all our events, we would do kind of, uh, I suppose, digital... Uh, they're all through Zoom, and you're, you're doing kind of digital meet and greets through Zoom breakout rooms. And I was in a breakout room with, with two other people. One of them was a guy, American, born and bred, had spent 23 years serving in the, in the U.S. Army, started learning Irish and Duolingo a couple of years ago, um, and uh, is the head of IT and cybersecurity for a company who employed 25,000 people. Um, and there he was talking to a guy who was in a Gaelclost in Cork who hadn't spoke Irish in 15 years, but was looking for a way to re-engage with the language. And they ended up talking about what they were doing. Both of them work in the area of IT and cybersecurity. And I know that the guy from, from America has asked the, the guy from Ireland who's working in an SME over here to potentially look to tender for a contract they have coming up. So isn't it absolutely fascinating that the Irish language, which so often has been, I suppose, Mm. Um, pilloried by the Irish media 
can be a driver of growth for Irish enterprise and can open doors for a mass, a potentially game-changing contract for an SME between a, a company located in Cork and a massive employer in West Virginia, USA, Amazing. you know. So. But that, that's the thing, because like, I mean, I, I come from that generation. I would have come out of school in the early 90s. The, 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 the vibrancy that you talk about, like kids coming out of school now with a love of the language, you know, there was a danger where we, we, we just... My generation weren't kind of, uh, I suppose we were pegged out of it, I suppose, in a lot of senses. Like the the actual, it, it's so refreshing to hear that vibrancy that people have that love and that, 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 that 5,000 people coming out of schools every year fluent. I mean, that's a complete turnaround from at least the sentiment we would have had back then and the sense of it. And like you do hear of in Scotland that Gaelic has been declared a, die, a dead language, you know, and, and that's sad to hear. But if, if that's correct, that you're saying you know, there's great hope for the language. But when, when I think about it as well, like in the business world, there was only subtle hints, like, you know, like people would have their names spelt in Irish, uh, Dai de Butler, for example. Someone might sign off an email, Michel Lemas, you know what I mean? But there was very, very few cues. But to hear that, you know, you've got an organisation now where actual transatlantic business has been done through a love, a shared love of the language, that that is such a refreshing change. How do you think we can sustain this? I mean, Deborah, I mean, I know your timing just starting before the COVID-19 lockdown wasn't exactly ideal, but you've sustained it digitally, haven't you? Yeah, so I suppose in, in some ways it brought about challenges, but in other ways it's opened up a whole world of opportunity in that when we started, we were fixed to, to one geographic area, that was Dublin. And, and now we're, we're open to the world, you know. Mm. And, and people might ask, well, how many people are actually speaking Irish abroad? And my answer to that is, is you'd be incredibly surprised. And, and even outside of Dublin, like we're talking now, you know, if, if we have an event tomorrow, like, you know, you'll have people from all around, all across Ireland. You'll have people from the Gaeltacht regions. You'll have people from cities, so on and so forth. And mm. um, yeah, like, I, I think it's, 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 it's a great opportunity in that way. But I think to, to bring it back to your question around sustain, for me, I think it's very interesting that for a long time, we've used words like sustain, uh, protect, um, as opposed to cultivate and nourish and um, mm. to talk about the Irish language. And I think it's it's actually a case of reframing it. There, there's no sustaining happening anymore in, in that, I suppose, if you look at it 40 years ago, there was, I think, 2,000 people getting their education through the medium of Irish um, on the island of Ireland. Now there's 60,000 people. So if you come to our events now, you will find a heavy bias of people who are 25 to 35. And mm. so people who are probably um, starting off in their careers are, are kind of at, at middle-level management. Um, although we would have a lot of people from, from all kind of backgrounds. But I would think that what we're seeing is, is year on year, the amount of people who are coming through this system is getting bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. And ultimately, all that's doing is, is creating a broader base. And, and I think we're, we're starting to see early um, and exciting developments in the world of business. I think that that's something that's going to grow. I think that if you think that there's, there's uh, un- unfortunately, in, in many respects, there's, there's only 80,000 people who speak Irish um, outside of the education system on a daily basis, that, that is something um, I think that, that will grow. But those 80,000 people, are, they, they spend 2 billion euros a year as a consumer spend. Yet we don't see anybody trying to capture that consumer spend. Mm. Um, and I would think that that doesn't take into the account a couple of hundred thousand other people who are fluent in the language, who maybe don't speak it every day, but might speak it on a weekly basis or so on and so forth. You'll have another couple of, you'll probably have a million 
people plus who have kids or grandkids in Gael schools who are massively, who, who I suppose have a massive draw towards the language or are happy to support things with the language. And I, I think mm. over the next kind of 10, 15, 20 years, I think that it's going to become commonplace for big professional services firms. We're, we're starting to see the likes of William Fry, PwC, who are advertising uh, graduate programs um, through the medium of Irish, uh, targeted particularly, I can only imagine, towards people who have gone to Irish medium schools. And, and it makes a massive amount of sense because if I'm sitting in Fry's and I'm looking at Madison and I'm looking at McCann Fitzgerald and I'm saying, we're all kind of competing for the same people. What can I do to differentiate? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of saying, well, if 10% of our target audience were all educated in a certain language, for us to go out and, and start producing some sort of marketing material targeted towards people who like that language, um, will then mean, as they sit in Trinity and UCD or DCU or wherever, and, and they're, they're filling out their kind of forms, where would I like to apply for, that they're going to say, well, there's just something about William Fry that I just think I'd fit in more. And on, mm. a, on a subconscious level, maybe they yeah. never realize that it's, it's to do with the language. But yeah. you know, I, I think we're going to start to see a lot, a lot more of that. And even like obviously retail is, has been decimated through COVID and hopefully it bounces back. It bounces back. But like I wouldn't be a fan personally. Well, not that I'm not a fan, but like I wouldn't wear the fauna, for example, right? But if I seen mm. someone in a shop wearing a fauna, I would speak mm. Irish to them. And I would actually go, if I, I would go back intentionally to that particular establishment. Now, mm. traditionally, I think the way we looked at Irish was, let's say you had a coffee shop in Dublin city centre and someone like me went to you and said, would you ever think, I know you have a guy there who, who's from um, a Gaeltacht area, would you think maybe uh, telling him to, or asking him to wear a fauna? It's like, ah, sure, no one would come in and speak Irish. Should we tried something like that. We put up a sign and sure, there was only two lads a week were coming in, maybe if even two lads, like sure, there was no one coming in. But ultimately, mm. if two people a week are coming in and spending 10 quid each, that's a grand a year and it's costing you three euro for the cost of a fauna to get it. Like you're not going to get much better return on investment than that. And I think it's about changing the terms of engagement. And I, I don't think that there's many people out there who believe or who have the express purpose of, of creating an Ireland where Irish is the one and only language that has been spoken and, and things shouldn't be measured as a result um, mm. in relation to that. But I, I do think there's a lot of people out there who want to be a want the language to play a more vibrant and contemporary role in their life Um, Mm -hmm. and i think that business both there is massive opportunity for domestic business in that and but there is also uh, there's also massive opportunity for professionals to connect with each other around that Um, and Mm. ultimately i suppose what we're trying to do with borough is we're trying to start this conversation and we're trying to build that community we're trying to make it easy for people to find each other Um, and really i suppose all we want to do is 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 we just want to catalyze I suppose a reimagining of of what it means to do business in, in Ireland, you know, and there, there's there's more than one language in, in which business can be done, and and how people want to interpret that, and and how people want to run with that, it, it is up to them, you know. Well, I think it's down to momentum, and as I said, I, I find it thrilling that more more people are coming out fluent in Irish from the education system, but also the approach you're taking is kind of refreshing in the sense that you know, if you want to, you can come along, you know, you, it's not, it's not kind of forced on anyone. It's not an enforced, it's about a pure love of a language and, and conversing in a certain way. But I think 
business is one of the few things I've rarely ever seen applied to the subject of language. And well, like, like you have terms like the lingua franca that you heard the language of business around the world for years. But, you know, you've seen languages come and go, Latin, you name it. But like, and then obviously people like Mark Zuckerberg are learning Chinese because they believe that's where it wants to go. But there is something amazing about the reach of the Irish in terms of we're in every aspect of business, whether it's Wall Street or Silicon Valley or, you know, we've got all the great momentum going on in Ireland. But the fact that you've got something like a, a gathering of people who are like minded of various ages who can come from their offices in Dublin or wherever and, and gather. I know, as I said, you know, it's been heated by the or impeded by the by the by the lockdown. But, you know, I, I definitely think there's great networking opportunities in that. And I definitely think there's an opportunity to bring it around the country in different parts of the country, have a borough in Cork, Limerick, Galway, Donegal, you name it. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And I suppose as like one of the things that's really interesting is, is, you know, and, and ultimately in, in business, we like to we like to spend a lot of time talking about things that are very intangible or that are very tangible you know like bottom lines and profit and margin but when we take a step into the intangible for a second which is where a lot of the magic happens that's where i think language becomes really interesting so if you look at language and every time you speak a different language your personality actually changes so the personality i would have as a as an english speaker would be actually quite different to the personality i would have as an irish speaker and that's a neurological fact so for me to be able to put on more than one hat and one prism to view the world through that actually is really interesting when it comes to problem solving. And like, so you'll see there's a lot of things out there around the benefits of, of I suppose, the bilingual brain in relation to, to problem solving and, and lots of different things like that. And, and we would see that there's something brilliant and beautiful about being able to bring people together to discuss our last event was, was around the, the future of offices and, and what they're going to look like in a post-COVID era. Um, and it's really interesting to bring people together to discuss that in a language they've never discussed that in before because that makes their brain think in a totally different way. And, and that in itself is, is a powerful and, and kind of worthwhile exercise. And yeah, look, I, I suppose it's, it's powerful and worthwhile for the native speaker who maybe is, is very comfortable talking about family and, and talking about locality through the medium of Irish, but maybe it wouldn't traditionally talk about business or mm. the person maybe who's learning or who hasn't talked the language in 10 or 15 years. And, and maybe their Irish is, is very, is very um, stuttering, but that in itself is a beneficial mental process because they're having to think different, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and for, me to, for me to sit in a, in a conversation and, and to not have a, a fluidity of speech is, is, but trying to communicate at the same time, that's actually a really, really powerful exercise for my brain. And, and that's making me think about things in a totally different way. And, and yeah, I suppose what, what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to bring the tangible and the intangible together. And, and ultimately we would see a massive intangible value um, in language. And I think for a long time, in Ireland, we've been very good about creating that intangible value of language. Um, and, and that's where you'll have your, your Tirgan Changa, Tirgan Anam, and a lot of that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, you can't eat emotion. Um, mm. And what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to make that tangible for people. And, and as you said, to create, be it networking opportunities, uh, to create development opportunities, but to, to, to just bring people together so that they can connect with each other. And, and hopefully that we will see kind of people and businesses tangibly benefit, um, I suppose, from 
from the beauty of, of, of this intangible uh, natural resource that, that we've been gifted. And I suppose final question really is what's next for you guys? I mean, I know you've had uh, regular briefings or sorry, briefings, uh, meetings, uh, gatherings since you started in March. Uh, what, what's coming up and, and how do you see yourselves uh, keeping the momentum now? I, 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 there's a lot of intangibles ahead of us in terms of the, you know, whether we're going into another lockdown or what, but, or, or when, when we eventually start gathering again and physically going to things. But what, what, what do you guys, what's next for you guys for the rest of the year, I suppose, in terms of uh, keeping, keeping the momentum up? Yeah, so I suppose it's, it's an interesting one in that, in that I suppose, first and foremost, we're, we're a group, but we're a voluntary group of professionals. Um, and, and one of the things that we really wanted to do and, and it was really important to us was working in an area which for some some people would say is is all government funded and blah, 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 blah. We wanted to show that there's a massive demand for things for professional communities run by by kind of professionals. And, and as it happens, we're doing that in a, in a kind of voluntary basis. So that creates loads of, of great opportunities. But one of the drawbacks is, you know, we all have day jobs too, you know, and mm. um, so there's, I suppose, there's the scale of our ambition and then there's, there's what's deliverable. And I suppose what, what we'll, there's loads of things we'd love to do. We're always looking for new people who are interested in, in coming on board with ideas. The online meeting or the online events we're doing at the moment are, are drawing big crowds and they're going fantastic. We have another one coming up at the end of this month. We have uh, Isol Ward from Food Cloud and Ronan Adalik from Triftify who'll be talking about the green economy. We'll hopefully, so we'll keep doing them on a monthly basis. Um, and then as we as we kind of scale up, we're going to start looking at stuff, kind of a, uh, generating kind of reports and insights, which which businesses and the business community can use to strengthen their own services. So, for example, we touched on there the €2 billion Euro consumer spend that's out there amongst daily Irish speakers. If I'm a coffee owner at the moment, I, I don't think anybody is giving any clear advice on, on how I could benefit from some of that money if I'm a coffee shop owner. Whereas we'll, we'll hopefully start to develop resources that, that make it easier for people to, I suppose, use the language as a resource to, to really strengthen their business in, in very tangible ways. Not maybe traditionally there might have been kind of some schemes out there, which is all we can... I don't know, like, you know, we'll give you this sign and you throw it up in the window. But I suppose we're, we're looking to, to what does that look like in a, in a modern tech world? And, and, and what does that look like when you put some of the, the best and brightest work, minds in the world thinking about problems? What's going to happen, you know? So, so that's really where we're at. But yeah, we're kind of, we're very much in, in a collective mode too in that, you know, we're, we're open for business. And, and if there's anyone out there listening who's like, geez, that sounds great. And I'd, I'd love to use that as a medium to do X, Y, or Z we're still very embryonic and, and I suppose we're just really excited about bringing people together creating a community and, and making kind of business happen but I suppose making it happen in a, in a slightly different way and it's okay so you know it, 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 well uh, Dai De Butler Garamachagos Slant <laughs>